everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. I am married to Daryl. We've been married for 32 years and have eight fantastic kids, ages 17 to 30, five boys and three girls. We also have seven grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for over 25 years. Um, I always say I, I feel like I've lost count because I, I pretty much have. Um, I, I think it's 26, maybe 27. I don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. I am really excited to be here today to talk to you about tips for reducing anxiety. Wow, anxiety can really be um, just a real problem. And I think especially over the last year and a half, um, it's, it's, I think, something that we've all experienced more of. And, uh, you know, it's really just one of those things where, you know, Nancy Reagan actually said this. She talked about um, basically a person's character is like a tea bag. Um, you find out what's really there when you pour the hot water over it. And boy, have I learned a lot about my own character over the last year and a half to two years. And what I mean by that is how much do I really trust God? You know, we, we really do live in a culture that's quite safe. Um, we have so many conveniences and we're actually so incredibly spoiled. And yet we are um, some of the most anxious people that on the planet. We're the most anxious people that have lived in history. Um, you know, obviously I, I don't know that for sure because I haven't lived in any other time in history, but it seems as though the things that um, would cause anxiety years ago um, that have been remedied and taken care of um, are, you know, are taken care of by, you know, things like modern conveniences and, um, you know, just so many things that help us uh, in our everyday lives. And yet we're still so anxious, which makes you realize, honestly, at the end of the day, that this is just um, this is just the state of the human heart. Um, I read a book a couple of years ago called Humble Roots by Hannah Anderson. And boy, would I highly recommend that book. Um, one of my big takeaways from her book was this, that anxiety is essentially, uh, is tied back to and rooted in struggling to accept the fact that he is God and we are not. Wow, that one really stuck with me. And that has actually come to my mind quite often lately as I have had my own struggles with anxiety. But before I dive into kind of the meat of what I want to talk about, I want to invite you to check out my three books. Um, I know that there are always new listeners listening in, and I apologize to those of you who listen consistently and have to hear this every week, but I don't want moms who are just starting to listen to miss out. I have three books. The first is The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and you can find that on Amazon. You can also find it at my website, DorandaWilson.com. I also have a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschool moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a devotional that I wrote um, in a format that I know that I looked for so much of the time as my kids were growing up and had a hard time finding. So devotional that's not just focused on one verse and then my opinion about those verses, but a passage, a verse, a passage in context um, that we can pull um, application for motherhood and homeschooling from. 
So, um, and there's also places in there to journal. So go check that out. That's Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. That's also on my website. And my most recent book, The Four Hour School Day, which sounds like completely opposite of The Unhurried Homeschooler, but it's not. I encourage you to go check that out. It'll give you a great um, sort of bird's eye view of what education really is and how it is possible, why it's possible to do it in four hours or much less per day. So go check out the four-hour school day. All right, so in spite of the fact that I have been a believer my entire life, ever since I can remember, I remember uh, praying the prayer of salvation at about four years old, um, So and, and walking with the Lord ever since then, um, I, in spite of that, I have struggled with anxiety off and on and I still do. And there are times it has actually been debilitating for me. So um, lest you think that I am somehow um, above that, I am totally not. I'd like to say that I have overcome anxiety and I never struggle anymore, but that would be a flat out lie. Um, when I'm feeling anxious though, and I don't know about if, if you're this way, but when I'm feeling anxious, the first question I tend to ask myself is why? Why am I struggling with it, right? Is it a failure? Have I failed somehow? Because, you know, we can sort of relate that sometimes to some sort of consequence or punishment, which there can be some truth to that, as I'm going to be talking about here in a few minutes. Um, but that can be immediately followed by condemnation. And we know that there is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, Christ did on the cross, okay? So condemnation is not for us. The enemy wants to heap that on us right away, especially when we're already feeling anxious, right? The other question I ask myself, is it a lack of faith? Is it a lack of trust in God? Well, very likely it could be. And so what we have to do is really take the time to discern what's happening. Um, I think that we need to, first of all, understand that feelings um, of anxiety are often, I believe, simply a warning sign. They get our attention, right? If something didn't kind of get our attention, we might not stop and pay attention to something that needs tending to. And I think this is why God allows us to have feelings sometimes of anxiety. And so the first thing I like to do, um, especially when all the kids were home and, you know, I was having cycles and all of that, um, I had to check in on the practical aspects that can feed into the feelings of anxiety, okay? Practical aspects like lack of sleep, sleep deprivation, um, hormones, where, are, where am I in the month, you know, that can have something to do with it. Nutritional deficiency, lack of exercise, um, lack of, you know, just being outside, um, there are a lot of practical things that can feed into um, our feelings of anxiety, our thought life, um, which again can be impacted by the things I just mentioned, but they need to be addressed with the truth. You know, uh, the scripture talks about taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, and we do that often by guarding our hearts. Um, I'll get more into that in just a few minutes, but I think it's important to understand that um, any of these things, although part of being human, actually reveal the truth 
about my need for Christ. Remember what I mentioned earlier? You find out what someone's made of when you pour the hot water on them. Well, the lack of sleep, the hormones, the um, nutritional deficiency, things like that can, um, can be a revealer that, uh, one, we need to pay attention to something, but also they reveal sort of our, our own hearts. Like our hearts are wicked, right? Let's just be honest. The scripture says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. But God um, has redeemed us, right? And we are still working out our salvation. Um, this, the scripture talks about that in the New Testament. And so this is all part of our sanctification process, right? God is making us more and more like him. He often will use anxiety to reveal the things that need some work, right? So we exercise wisdom by taking notes. Okay, if I've got a lack of sleep, then I need to be thinking about and praying for a time when I can maybe do a little catch up on sleep or adjust my schedule accordingly because um, I'm in that season where there's a lot of sleep deprivation because I have a newborn or a baby who's still waking up at night or I've had sick kids. So we exercise wisdom by taking notes and then trusting God to help us remedy the problem as soon as possible. But in the meantime, we also trust Him to help us move forward in faith until that need is met because He is the one who makes us strong, right? In our weakness, He is made strong. So if you're finding yourself weak in a situation where you can't make a change at the moment, Remember that verse, that in our weakness, he is made strong. He wants to show himself powerful to us. He wants to show his love to us by meeting us at our deepest need, okay? So that's kind of a little preface to what I want to talk about today. But in an effort to keep things super simple, I'm not going to go into a lengthy um, you know, a million tips about how to uh reduce anxiety, I'm just going to share three foundational ways that I have found um, to that reduce anxiety in my own life. Um, you know, the scripture talks about older women teaching the younger women, right? Um, I am that older woman who is uh, wanting to speak into your life as the Lord leads. And I really feel like the Lord laid this on my heart today because I have actually been experiencing a lot of anxiety recently. And I think it has a lot to do with hormones and some other things, but that's really not what I want to focus on today. What I want to focus on is just sort of the revealing that God does in the midst of anxiety, what he's kind of reminded me of recently, things I knew, but also things that I'm I'm being reminded of and think new things that he's teaching me in this new season of life, okay? So these things that he's already taught me, I am now having to apply in a new season. That's so, so true. Often he he has us just basically reapplying foundational principles in a new season. It's, it feels like we're having to learn something brand new, but we're actually not. Going back to foundational truths in a new season is what God calls us to over and over and over again as part of our sanctification process. So I'm going to share with you three tips that God has, um, three tips for reducing anxiety, three ways that God has, uh, three things that God has used in my life to help reduce anxiety. Number one, keep a simple routine or rhythm. Okay, so one of the benefits of that is it allows us to make time to get the extra rest if we need it, um, 
as I mentioned before, if we're lacking sleep, it also helps us take the time to sort of take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Um, as our hormones might be trying to mess with us, it gives us that that ability to um, pray when necessary because we're not in a whirling dervish, right? We need a simple routine. Um, it can also help us prepare healthier meals to make up for the maybe the nutritional deficiencies that I talked about earlier, or pray about, you know, what kind of nutritional supplements do I need? Lord, you show me, what do I need? So a simple routine and rhythm helps, um, and that predictability helps us feel more stable because unpredictability breeds anxiety. Not knowing what to expect, feeling like we're just being driven because, um, or drug, you know, sometimes I remember telling my husband, I feel like I'm being drugged by a horse, you know, through the desert and he's just not stopping, right? That was how I kind of described how I was feeling. And that was a big, big warning sign to me that I needed to hit the pause button and maybe reevaluate what our simple what our routine was looking like. Was it was I starting to get too busy? And this is one reason that I'm constantly encouraging moms to slow down um, because that um, that hurry um, and unpredictability are a vicious cycle. We need margin. Our kids need margin. So when we're trying to do too much. We end up losing that margin. We end up in this cycle of hurry and unpredictability. And, you know, at the end of the day, we as moms are the only ones who can make that happen. No one is going to do it for us. It is our responsibility. We are stewards of our time and our energy. They are gifts from God to be stewarded well. And we can only do that with His help. And that means we're going to have to slow down and listen for His voice. You know, we were made for routine. God made us for routine. You look at nature, right? We have the seasons. They don't fail. They can they can be a little bit varied, but ultimately, spring, summer, winter, and spring, summer, fall, and winter always happen. And I think that's a really good um, heads up to us, an example to us, since we are part of creation, that we were made for a rhythm and for a routine. I mean, it used to be an accepted fact, you know, decades ago, back in the, you know, early 20th century, moms just knew. They had this knowing that routine was important. And so they really stuck with a simple routine. And obviously, their lives weren't distracted or disrupted like ours are by such a, such a, um, just a culture in a world that is just racing. And so we are going to have to be disciplined moms. And we are going to have to be the ones to say, no, I don't have to keep up. I need to do what God is calling me to do and slow our hearts down and just say no to the culture. Say no to this world that seems to be racing all the time because that does have an influence on us. And again, we have a responsibility to say no to that and to understand that we're called to do what God has called us to do. And part of our life as believers and as believing parents and as believing homeschooling moms is to steward our time and our energy accordingly with God's help. Trying to do too much 
is actually a lack of self-discipline as much as not doing enough. Maybe you've never heard that before, but I believe it's actually true. Self-discipline is a very balanced thing and it's a, it's kind of like um it's a fine line we have to walk. But and we can only do it well with the Lord's help. We all have to work no matter what personalities we are. For ones who tend to be more laid back and uh, not doing enough or those of us who do try to do too much, we all have to work at being self-disciplined one way or another, okay? We don't get to get out of that. No personality is any better than the other. We all have to exercise self-discipline. I want to read a few verses about um, what the Bible has to say about discipline. Hebrews 12, 11 says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. You know, that can be the discipline that God um, is, is, is uh, you know, doing in our lives because it it says before that, that um, basically to look at hardship as discipline, God is treating you as sons for what does, what son isn't disciplined by his father, but we have all um, undergone discipline. And then it goes on to say here in verse 11, for the, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So do you hear the need for discipline and self-discipline? Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Wow. That, um, I don't know if you know anything about the culture back then, but um, cities were surrounded by a protective wall to protect them from the enemies. So if we don't have self-control, um, we are a, we are like a city broken into and left without walls, left without protection. The enemy can ransack us, not only our inner life, but also our family life. We are the gatekeepers. So we've got to have self-discipline. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable prize, but we do it to receive an imperishable reward. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Boy, there's a lot there, isn't there? Disciplining our body isn't just about um, physical discipline in terms of exercising or whatever. It's our bodies include our mind, our will, and our emotions. All of them need to be yielded to the Lord. We don't want to be running aimlessly um, because it actually does weaken our testimony to others. We don't want that to happen. So there's so many great reasons for self-discipline. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God did not give us a spirit of, pe- of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. And in some translations, it reads self-discipline. We discipline ourselves um, to keep that simple routine, but we also discipline ourselves um, 
to be consistent, right? We discipline ourselves to be in the word and pr- and to pray each day. This is part of, that should be part of our simple routine. Um, we're, we want to live a life that is a life that's lived with priorities in order, right? So that's the self-discipline we're talking about. And part of that is we know as believers is being in the word and praying. It doesn't have to be for long, copious amounts of time. God knows we're busy with children, but consistency is key, right? A little bit every day. I had a friend um, tell me once, she made a vow to the Lord years ago that she would read his word every single day. So sometimes, even as she fell into bed at night exhausted, she would remember her vow. She would grab her Bible and she would read one verse. She was that committed. And I just loved that. And that's what we need. We need consistency. Consistency is key. You know, the plotting is where the life changes happen. Whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes a day, if you do it every day, that adds up to a lot, okay? So consistency is key. Some of the ways that you can do that is listen to the audio Bible while doing mundane tasks. I like to listen to the audio Bible while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning and just staring out into my backyard where there's nature and the sun is coming up. And it's just such a, um, just a great time with the Lord, even if it's just a few minutes. Um, and also, I would invite you to have a friend or more than one friend doing this along with you for a little bit of accountability. Um, do the same Bible reading together. I'm doing a Bible reading challenge right now, and I will include the link in the podcast notes. So if you're reading the same thing at the same time along with your friends, there's accountability. And when you talk, Um, When you have time to visit or talk to each other, you're going to have the Word of God in common. What a great thing to be talking about when you get together, right? And you're going to be able to share with each other how the Lord's using that scripture in your life, how He's challenging with you you with it. Because what we have to remember is that God's Word isn't just, just like another book, God's word is living and active. It says that it always accomplishes what God sets it out to accomplish. In Hebrews 4, verses, uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is active and alive. Um, in other translations, it says powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts. Moms, this is what's going to help us be the discerning mom throughout the day, knowing what it looks like to keep that simple routine for our kids, being able to guard our hearts against doing too much and being in too much of a hurry, being able to watch over our children and nurture them well. The word of God is what's going to give us discernment in doing that. So some other ideas that we can use to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and guard our hearts um, using the word and prayer is uh, when a verse stands out to you, write it on a sticky note or a card and hang it in a place where you spend a lot of time. Now, the Bible challenge I'm going to send you um, has a lot of, uh, of scripture to go through each day, um, even if you're just doing part of it you're still getting it. Consistency is key. So again, take something that stands out to you 
And some, I remember when the kids were young and I couldn't spend copious amounts, I would just read until I found something that just jumped out at me. And then I just hung on to that verse throughout the day. I would put it on like a three by five or a sticky note and I'd hang it in a place like over the kitchen sink or a place where I spent a lot of time and it would remind me of what God had told me that morning. And when you feel yourself starting to get anxious, hit the pause button and ask God for the wisdom that he promised that he would give us in James 1, 5 through 8. Um, I also enjoy playing calming worship music. Now, quite frankly, I enjoy worship music, especially if I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety. I like it to be very calming, but also no words. That was a big deal when the kids were all home. I just couldn't do any more words. Um, But the music was very calming. And God really, um, I believe that his presence um, really in we invite his presence into our home when we play that calming worship music, and it has a calming effect on our children as well. Um, the temptation um, when it comes to keeping a routine is that we can begin to worship the routine and see it as our Savior. So I just want to give you a, a quick little warning against that. Um, we can end up seeing that as our Savior instead of Christ. So just be watchful and mindful of that because he is our rock and fortress. Um, But he often uses practical blessings like a simple routine and rhythm to help us stay calm and to reduce anxiety. So that covers number one, keep a simple routine or rhythm. The second, keep heart of gratitude. Now, when we stop thinking about our blessings, what often happens is our hearts go to places of worry or where we are feeling lack. And so If we are intentional about keeping a heart of gratitude, that's going to help guard our hearts. It's going to help us take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Hurry does not allow your heart to slow down and be in the moment and to drink in the blessings of God and have a heart of gratitude. And this is why, again, I'm going to caution you against hurry. Um, Hurry is often rooted in fear. 1 John 4 verses 18 and 19 says, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Don't you love this? We can't do this on our own. When we feel fearful, we are not experiencing perfect love. We are not being made perfect in love. And you know what? We can be because he first loved us. He loved us so much that he paid the price for our sins and we don't have to be worried about punishment. Does that mean that we're not going to experience consequences? Of course not, because that's part of discipline. When we do something, when we allow our minds to go places that they shouldn't, there's going to be a fallout for that. But praise God, he brings us back to that place where we can trust him again, to that place where perfect love is and casts out fear, because again, it goes back to the fact that he first loved us. It's the gospel message. It's a humble posture understanding and recognizing that he is God and we are not. Um, Keeping a heart of gratitude helps us to slow down and be in the moment. I remember when I would feel anxiety because of sleep deprivation. All my children were little. Um, I think I specifically after our sixth was born, I had nine, uh, 
our kids were nine and under. I had six kids, nine and under, and I was experiencing sleep deprivation. And I remember the thing that would calm me down, the Lord showed me, um, that really calmed me down was as I was doing something for my child, maybe tying their shoe, I would take the time to just look at their little foot, look into their eyes, look at their little hands, and just think about how blessed I was to have these kids, to think about how adorable and cute they were. I would look into their eyes and also remember, this is the other thing the Lord reminded me, that every act of service counts. Every time we tie a shoe, wipe a behind, change a diaper, it matters. It not only glorifies God, but it ministers to the whole body of Christ. Can you believe that? We can often feel like we're not doing enough when it comes to church activities and ministries and all of that. But knowing that our service to our families actually ministers to the whole body of Christ is a game changer because these children are part of that body of Christ. I believe that because I am I was believing by faith that they were going to eventually own their own walk with the Lord. And I could rejoice in that. Also, it glorifies the body of it glorifies Christ and ministers to the body of Christ because we are called to the mission of motherhood as we are raising our children for the Lord, those children are going to go out into the world, into their own mission field and affect a bazillion other people. So we are, in fact, ministering to the body of Christ, okay? And it is this this mission of motherhood at home is as important as any other mission field, if not more important. It is ordained by God. It is our calling. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I recently heard a sermon, and I'm going to include this uh, link to this sermon. Um, He said, we often... This is Pastor Doug Wilson. He said, we often flip this whole idea of this verse, and we think that we need to make our hearts and minds guard the peace of Christ instead of the peace of Christ guarding our hearts and minds. We get it backwards. Again, we're depending on self-sufficiency rather than dependence on God and taking that humble posture and having that gospel-centered mindset like I mentioned before. I will link that sermon. It's called The Sin of Worry. Um, It's very, very good. I would really encourage you to listen to it. Um, But one of the reasons that we are even able to keep a heart of gratitude is because God is sovereign and good. Those two principles right there are ones that I have gone back to over and over and over and over again throughout the years um, whenever I began to feel anxious or worried. So I'll give you an example. Let's just say I had a cog thrown in the works. You know, we're going along, buzzing along through our simple routine, and all of a sudden something happens, something big, like I would get a flat tire, or my car would break down, or just something that just really threw me off and started me down that road of feeling anxious and worried. I could always go back to the fact that God is sovereign over my life. I belong to him. He is sovereign, and it's very clear throughout Scripture. And if you're not convinced, I would encourage you 
to Google verses on God's sovereignty and just do a deep study. Um, One of the books that I read years ago was called The Sovereignty of God uh, by A.W. Pink. It's not an easy read, so if you're not up for the challenge, I probably wouldn't recommend that one. Um, R.C. Sproul has some good things on the sovereignty of God. Um, I think you could probably listen to some good messages by Doug Wilson on that. Um, But just even looking at verses for yourself and passages for yourself and asking the Lord to really show Himself to you as you study that, I think it will be such an encouragement to you. Um, Another one that I really loved years ago that's a little bit easier read, and it's by Jerry Bridges. It's called, Is God Really in Control? That, I want to jot that down, really in control, because I want to make sure that I include that link in the podcast notes. That's an excellent book, and it's not super long. But again, back to my state of anxiety or worry when a cog was thrown in the works, um, I would go back to the fact that he is sovereign over my life. But not only is he sovereign and fully in control and all-powerful and all-present and very capable of coming to my aid, he is also good. Because I always say, if he was sovereign but not good, that would be a bad scenario, right? But he is not only sovereign, he is also good and he loves us with an everlasting love. His faithfulness reaches to the skies. And as you're being in the word consistently, God is going to bring the verses to mind that are going to help you remember and have faith and trust in the sovereignty of God and in his goodness. So when you those unexpected things come up, you can actually um, be grateful and thankful because you know that God is sovereign and he is good and he has a good plan for your life and for the life of your family. Okay, so the first tip for reducing anxiety is to have a simple routine or rhythm. The second is to keep a heart of gratitude. And the last one that I want to share today is spend time out in nature. Now, recently, um, I listened to a little podcast by uh, a gal who I work with who is, um, she does homeopathic medicine, but also just natural healing, just, um, you know, really just seeking the Lord out when it comes to our bodies and their ability to heal themselves. It's amazing what God has given us in our bodies. Our our bodies are so um, fearfully and wonderfully made. We are woven together with such intricacy. Um, And with all the fear going on around us when it comes to sickness and illness and flus and viruses, um, it can be so easy to forget our Creator. God created our bodies with an amazing ability to heal. And so one of the things that she talked about in this podcast was she talked about grounding. Now, I know that sounds kind of heebie-jeebie, hippie, granola, flower child, but but hang in here with me for just a minute. We don't want to do anything that is outside of what God's word has to say of who he is and and what he has for us, the good that he has for us. But I can say that the world hijacks the things of God. We have to remember that, okay? So 
when it comes to grounding, the the only thing she had to say really of of any great importance uh, when it comes to that, the main thing that she had to say was that there is, the earth has a certain um, electricity in it. We know this is scientifically true, right? And so when we take our bare feet and we put them on the ground in the grass, and we, um, in addition, just kind of move ourselves so that we're facing the sun, which we also know is very good for us, that we actually, it creates some sort of like um, conduit for just this natural um, electricity, or I don't know what you want to call it, but it's it's very, it's, it's, it's science, you guys. This isn't spiritual. This is just science, all right? And I, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but all I can tell you um, is that from what I know of God's character, it only makes sense that as part of God's creation, um, that connecting with creation, us connecting with creation by being outside in nature, um, it only makes sense that it would be healing, right? We are part of creation, right? We, God created us along with all the other things that he created that, that, that first you know, those first six days. And I think that the world has no right to steal the good things that God has for us. And so we're not going to let him hijack his gifts to us. And what's it really going to hurt? Honestly, I sit outside. I've been sitting outside with my feet on the ground and my face toward the sun and praying and just looking at nature and feeling just, just a calmness because I'm out in nature. I'm with God. I'm I'm just, it's quiet and I'm, I'm having a chance to sort of um, process things. And why wouldn't that be good for us? And why wouldn't God have that kind of goodness for us? So let's not let the world hijack the good things that he has for us. Nature is God's gift to us and it glorifies him when we enjoy his good gifts. You know, um, there's a, there's a, in, I think it's the Westminster Catechism, it asks the question, what is man's main purpose? What is the chief end of man? And the answer is that the chief end of man, according to the Holy Scriptures, is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So why wouldn't He want us to enjoy His nature, enjoy Him, um, and why wouldn't that glorify him? It absolutely does. So when I'm sitting outside with my feet in the grass and my face toward the sun, I'm glorifying God and I am enjoying him. Again, let's not let the world hijack the goodness that God has for us. Moms, I believe the enemy loves to use anxiety to keep us distracted and preoccupied so that we miss the good that he has for us right where we are. And also, it's a distraction from raising up the next generation. The enemy knows if he can get to the next generation, he, he, he steals our future. We are not going to let him do that. He has no right to us, and he has no right to our children. So moms, let's not let the enemy keep us distracted by using anxiety um, and, and causing us to be preoccupied. But let's take the time to slow our hearts down, listen for the voice of the Lord, and walk in the peace that he has for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for the good in your word. We thank you for the way that you give us direction and peace and hope um, through your word. 
um, through keeping a heart of gratitude, through keeping a simple routine, through enjoying the nature that you have given us to enjoy. Lord, I pray over each mom listening that as she practices some of these simple things, that you would use them to give her the gift of peace, that you would use them, Lord, to bring peace to her heart and mind. Thank you for reminding us that it's you that guards our hearts and minds with your peace, not the other way around. Lord, may we always, always remember, go back to, and embrace the fact that you are God and we are not.